Uh, I'm going to say no one's better than me. But <laughs> yeah, let's go. Blow up. Welcome, Dolphins fans, to another episode of Locked on Dolphins. It is Monday, April 6th, and we are two and a half weeks away from the NFL Draft. And guys, this thing just continues to get more and more crazy the closer and closer that we get. If you remember, on Friday's episode, mid-show, Matt Miller of Bleach Report released his weekly scouting notebook in which it was included inside... Uh, the Dolphins fans needed to start considering life without Tua Tungo Valoa in their futures. Uh, he referenced Justin Herbert. Well, Peter King of NBC Sports is making this even more interesting this morning because Peter King uh, releases a Monday morning quarterback column every Monday. And included inside is a quote that reads, I have heard... There are some inside the Bengals organization who are true believers in Herbert, alluding to Oregon quarterback Justin Herbert, the same Justin Herbert that the Dolphins are reportedly considering drafting over to Atunga Valoa. And if the Bengals happen to also be believers in Justin Herbert relative to Joe Burrow at one, if you have true believers, would you not rather have more picks and get a guy in Justin Herbert that you believe in just as much? This is not going away. And listen, we are two and a half weeks out. It's going to continue to get crazy. And I hear everybody who, who has the feedback of smoke screens. Oh, everything's a smoke screen. But some things aren't smoke screens, and, and trying to determine and decipher which is which is a very difficult proposition. And listen, I'm not going to sit here and pretend to tell you guys, like, I know what the Dolphins are going to do. But at some point, you reach a certain amount of smoke where it no longer becomes just a hot rumor or a smoke screen, but there's, there might actually be some tangible evidence Behind it. Think of the Laramie Tunsil deal for the Dolphins back in August. Remember, I believe it was the guys over Pro Football Network. Uh, pretty well connected with the Dolphins. And they, they were the first to come out and say, hey, listen, the Houston Texans are calling the Dolphins pretty hard about Laramie Tunsil, about potential trade. Then the Dolphins organization shot it down, and everybody else in like the major the South Florida beat said this was pretty much nonsense and nincompoop. And fast forward to like August 30th or whatever the date was, and Laramie Tunsil's traded to the Houston Texans for two ones and a two, along with Julian Davenport, Johnson Batamosi, and Kenny Stills went over to, to Houston as well. At some point, we have to reach a point where this push is no longer just narrative, and there's tangible reason to believe that something big might happen. Am I predicting that to happen? No. I still think the cards are still grossly decked against the Dolphins to get something done with a drastic move if they are that in love with Joe Burrow. 
But the fact that it's coming from the Cincinnati side at least makes it interesting. Because for a long time it was, well, the Dolphins are interested in Joe Burrow. Well, the Dolphins want to trade for Joe Burrow. Well, yeah, you and everybody else. But the Dolphins are the only team in this year's NFL draft that have the capital at their disposal to actually make something like this happen. And then the Cincinnati Bengals, according to Peter King, have their fair share of supporters of Justin Herbert inside their own building. And if that is indeed true, I guarantee you the conversation right now in the Cincinnati Bengals organization, which, by the way, is one of the smallest front offices in all of football. Their football ops team is like six dudes. That's it. They got six people. So it's not a very large building. And if that idea exists there, and if the Dolphins, according to Armando Salguero of the Miami Herald, who has been the one that, that has most assertively reported that the Dolphins are attempting to trade up to one, there's been a bunch of speculation, but Armando's been the guy that like put his name on it and said, look, this is gonna, they're going to try and make this happen. If that dynamic exists... We have no idea what the next two weeks are going to hold for the Dolphins. Because if the Bengals are at least talking about it, then the door is open and the Dolphins have the ability to sell it. Sell the idea of it. What are we selling? Well, that's a difficult proposition because depending on who you ask, the, the Bengals should say yes for three first-round picks. The Bengals would, should only say yes for four first-round picks. If you ask the people on the Cincinnati side of things, Joe Goodberry locked on Bengals. He said five first-round picks is his floor. I don't think it's going to need five first-round picks to actually get this done. But it will take a big price. My roadblock, selfishly, for Miami is I do not want to give up all three ones this year. If you told me I could give you 5, 18, a 2021 first-round pick, and one of my second-round picks this year, I'm signing off. That is the best-case scenario, assuming the Dolphins are that in on Joe Burrow. So what I'd like to do today so I'd like to take advantage of the DraftNetwork.com's Mock Draft Simulator. We're going to do first-round mocks for the Dolphins. It's Mock Monday, right? And in the, each one of these mocks, I am going to exercise a different first-round quarterback. So we're going to do a mock with Joe Burrow. We're going to do a mock with Tua. And we're going to do a mock with Justin Herbert. And we're going to see what we come up with on the end of each of those three mocks. And we're going to see which one of them we feel is the most attractive proposition for the Dolphins. And some of the names who are still left on the board at the end of the mock. Because those are the things that, you know, as the Dolphins' preparations for the draft continues, they need to be prepared for it. They need to be prepared for, well, if we take this avenue and we move these assets, who's going to be available to us at A, B, and C in the draft? That's what we're going to look to answer for the rest of today's episode. So fresh off the heels of the Joe Burrow conversation, let's do the Joe Burrow mock first. And let's say, hypothetically, I get a chance to have my cake and eat it too. So I am going to trade five 
18, 39, not going to get that greedy, and presumably a 2021 first-round pick, one of the two that the Dolphins have at their disposal. So three ones and a two to jump up to number one. With the first pick, obviously the selection here is Joe Burrow, right? The question where this really gets interesting is what 26 is going to look like because for a really long time we had observed what the staple, the 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 pivot point in the draft was going to look like. And ironically enough, it is a difficult spot to project for the Dolphins. So I'm here on this simulator courtesy of the draftnetwork.com. Great site. I do a lot of NFL draft coverage there. You should go check it out. And I've paused on the 18th pick where the Bengals now have this 18th pick. The five best available players, Jerry Judy, Grant Delpit, Justin Jefferson, DeAndre Swift, J.K. Dobbins. All four of the offensive tackles are gone. They're off the board. Josh Jones has a realistic chance of still being here at 26. So realistically, this pick is a give up of like Jerry Judy would have been a cool option to have at your disposal. Grant Delpit is a free high safety is viable. We're going to let it roll. We'll see what Miami has at 26 coming up on the pick. 26, three big running backs are available. Josh Jones, offensive tackle from Houston, still available. Cesar Ruiz, the interior offensive lineman from Michigan, still available. So realistically, Miami giving up 18, but keeping 26 puts them in a position where, yes, I'm still going to get a starting offensive lineman. For me, Ruiz is the better player. Josh Jones, more pressing position of need. I don't think that's necessarily an easy out. But if I'm projecting for the Dolphins of what I think the Dolphins will actually do, I know offensive tackle is a huge priority for them. Josh Jones, Hugh Ceiling. We're going to make him the pick at 26. We'll continue to steamroll here. I will pause at 39 and make sure we discuss who the options are, who is available uh, for uh, the Bengals at 39. That would have been a hard pill to swallow uh, to pass over. Coming up, 39 is now on the clock. The best available, J.K. Dobbins, of course we knew. Cesar Ruiz is going through a little bit of a slide here. Marlon Davidson from Auburn, defensive end slash interior defensive lineman. He's a bit of a hybrid. I think Flores would like him a lot. Is a name that's available at 39. That's not going to be the pick for Miami, obviously, because they've traded this pick to Cincinnati. Safety Jeremy Chin is also available. So some names that hurt, but there's some hope that a player might be available for Miami uh, a little bit later on in the draft. So we are now working our way to 56. This is a two-round simulation, uh, so we're going to get a chance to make three picks for the Dolphins. 56 on the clock. The best available players of note for the Dolphins. Safety Kyle Duggar, Lenore Ryan, small school kid. Ashton Davis, free safety from Cal. This is a pick that would make a lot of sense. Lucas Nyang, TCU, offensive tackle, plays right tackle, but we've already taken a left tackle. Devon Hamilton, nose tackle from Ohio State, is a name worth acknowledging as well. Cam Akers running back, center Matt Hennessy. Those are our primary names here. So Kyle Duggar, I think Ashton Davis is the most clear and obvious fit 
for what Miami needs. It's a pretty good value. He's pretty general consensus on him is he's going to be a, a mid to late second round pick. He's a former track athlete, ton of speed, can fill that free safety role in, in single high. And that's a position that's important for Miami uh, because if they're going to be playing as much press man coverage as we anticipate with Byron Jones and Savian Howard, Ashton Davis is going to be the pick. So that means Miami trades 518 39 and a 2021 one to go up from five to one. They get Joe Burrow, they get Josh Jones, and they get Ashton Davis. Conceivably three starters and a quarterback of the future amongst them. And the Dolphins will pick in five picks into the third round with Lucas Nang still on the board, another offensive tackle. Devon Hamilton, nose tackle from Ohio State, low value position, but would be of big value for the Dolphins in their odd fronts with the three-man down lineman, and Cam Akers, the three best available players on the board. So there is an opportunity in this deep draft class for the Dolphins if they're able to salvage 26 and keep 26, you can walk away feeling good. If you had to give up 26, this mock probably looks like Joe Burrow and uh, Lucas Nyang, and that's it. And that's what you would walk out of the first two rounds with. Lucas Nang has some medical questions. He had a hip injury. So, all in all, let's just earmark Joe Burrow, Josh Jones, Ashton Davis. The next simulation we're going to do is another trade scenario. Uh, it's trading up to three for Tua. This is not necessarily something I think the Dolphins will have to do, but for the sake of keeping these mocks engaging, I'm going to force us to do it. And I am going to give 5 and 26 to move up two spots with the Lions. Lions would be tickled pink by this. Guarantee if they told me get another first, they'd draft AJ Epines in a heartbeat. So the Dolphins on the clock at 3. They're going to draft Tua. We'll come up on the clock here at 18. Hope to get an offensive tackle, and we do. Okay, this is excellent. So we got Jedrick Wills in this scenario. 18, which a pick we did not have in the last sim. Our top players available, Jedrick Wills, Grant Delpit, Justin Jefferson, DeAndre Swift, J.K. Dobbins. Generally speaking, the names of note. Uh, where did we get lucky here? Who, who went off script? The Cardinals went off script and drafted Caleb on chase on. And that helped push the offensive tackles up. And the Jets went all script, took Jerry, or Henry Rucks. Okay, so we're going to draft Jedrick Wills here, no questions asked. Blindside protector for uh, Tua, left-handed quarterback. They played together at college. Pause and briefly here at 26 just to acknowledge uh, what's available, what's on the board. Best available, the three big running backs, Swift, Dobbins, and Taylor. Quarterback Jordan Love still available. Josh Jones is here once again. Cesar Ruiz here once again. Antoine Winfield Jr., the safety from Minnesota. Those are the names of note, but the Dolphins will be back on the clock here in 13 picks. Uh, Josh Jones ends up going 27 to Seattle. 39th pick. Miami's back on the clock. We have DeAndre Swift, Jonathan Taylor. J.K. Dobbins is gone off the board. He went 28 to Baltimore. Cesar Ruiz is also gone. 
We do have Antoine Winfield. We do have Marlon Davidson. We do have Jeremy Chin. My guy. I think the high-value pick here is Antoine Winfield. 4-4-5 in the 40s, got back in long speed. Brian Flores has stated before that uh, his father, Antoine Winfield Sr., is one of his favorite defensive backs. So there's a big connection there, big affection with Flores. Uh, super versatile, high IQ, uh, pl- was finally healthy in 2019. I'm going to make that the pick. Uh, Antoine Winfield Jr. at 39. And now the Dolphins up on the clock here at 56. Marlon Davidson still on the board. Devon Hamilton, Cam Akers. The usual suspects, a lot of the similar names that we talked about last time. Uh, we do have an interior offensive lineman of note, Robert Hunt, who was also available in the last mock for uh, the Joe Burrow scenario. If we're going strictly off of best player available, Marlon Davidson here makes a lot of sense. I'd like to get some more offensive help. Let's make this Cam Akers, running back Florida State. I think he's he'll he'll be really effective in downhill scenarios, which is the way the Dolphins are going to want to run the football. He's 5'11", 212. Uh, he's pretty explosive. He ran behind an offensive line at Florida State that like former Miami Dolphins offensive lines, created absolutely no push whatsoever. So this is a good chance to get a running back here in the late twos. Uh, so Miami walks away with a similar trio of a quarterback offensive tackle and safety, just like the Joe Burrow scenario. Where you have Tua, Jedrick Wills, Antoine Winfield, and we have Cam Akers on top of it. So you as a fan have to ask yourself, okay, which one of these two scenarios do I like best? Do I like... Joe Burrow, Josh Jones, Ashton Davis, or do I like Tua, Jedrick Wills, Antoine Winfield, and Cam Akers at 56, who was available at the beginning of the third round in the last scenario we did and was a possible addition at 70? Food for thought. And lastly, we're going to do our scenario where the Dolphins draft Herbert at five. No questions asked. They keep all their picks. And then I'm going to put out a Twitter poll, and I want you guys, the listeners of the show, to tell me which haul you liked the most. Because that's, that's the point of this exercise here, is to, to put ourselves in the shoes of the general managers and say, okay, what makes the most sense for us? This is the cost to take Avenue A versus Avenue B. Are we comfortable with that? And if the answer is yes, then it gives you the green light to really pursue and press the Bengals to say, hey, we know you like Herbert, or reports say you like Herbert. If that's true, let's do some business. You know, let's talk about what we might be able to hammer out. We're willing to give you a pretty hefty price, but let's try, let's see if we can't get a deal done. So this third scenario is queued up. Burrow, Chase Young, Akuda, Isaiah Simmons are the top four, exactly how you'd expect it to go. If the Dolphins pull the shocker, let's say they draft Herbert at five, boom. Tua goes six to the Chargers. Dolphins at 18. They do not see any of the big four offensive tackles fall their way. We had Wills go 15, Andrew Thomas go 14, Mekhi Becton went 11, Tristan Wirfs went eight. So our best availables. Jerry Judy, Javon Kinlaw, Justin Jefferson, DeAndre Swift, J.K. Dobbins. See, this is what I was talking about with the Joe Burrow scenario at 18 when Cincinnati had this pick. This is such a weird no-man's-land 
picks because you're almost always going to see the top four tackles are gone. Caleb on chase on's off the board. Grant Delpit came off the board. It's a weird spot in a perfect world. I'm trading out of this spot in this scenario, but I'm not going to do that for the sake of the simulation. Cause I want to get, keep the picks consistent with what the dolphins actually have. I'm going to have to go with Josh Jones here because I'm looking at the the names. The Vikings pick twice between the Dolphins picks. And there's a pretty high chance with all the big four offensive tackles gone by now, Josh Jones has a real chance of running off the board to Minnesota with one of those two picks at 22 and 25. So Josh Jones, the player we got at 26 in the Burrow scenario, has to be the guy off the board here at 18 just because I hate my options. Not good options. Uh, 26, I'm looking at Swift, Dobbins, Zach Bonds available. It's the first time we've seen him here. Jonathan Taylor, Yeter Grossmatos, Cesar Ruiz is available. I think that's going to be my guy. Cesar Ruiz. You draft Cesar Ruiz and Josh Jones. Your offensive line is from left to right. Josh Jones, Eric Flowers, Ted Karras, Cesar Ruiz, Jesse Davis. I'm not crazy about Jesse Davis, but if you've got this kind of horsepower up front, all of a sudden, yes, I can get behind it. So let's make Ruiz the pick at 26. Hoping for some good looks here at 39. We've got... DeAndre Swift available, Jonathan Taylor available, Marlon Davidson's available, but we've seen there's a bit of a scarcity on the run here in the edge as we've worked through this a couple times now. Let's make DeAndre Swift the pick here, just because we really want to beef up. If we're going to draft Justin Herbert, then we need to embrace. He's not necessarily a player that's going to elevate the play of those around him. That is the primary lesson from the Ryan Tannehill era. Do not expect your quarterback to be something he's not and build him a reliable foundation for the dolphins that means good offensive line good running game you play in south freaking florida you mean to tell me you don't want to be a team that's leaning on people and wearing them out late in the football game i absolutely do I think that's something that the dolphins should not take for granted so now we're on the pick on the clock here at 56 and we have Justin Herbert, Josh Jones, Cesar Ruiz, DeAndre Swift. Significant upgrades. We're probably going to look defense here. Ashton Davis is available at 56 again. Uh, don't need a running back, so it's really inconsequential. It's easy to make this pick. There's about three players of note for the Dolphins. Kyle Duggar, Lenore Ryan, Raquan Davis, interior defensive lineman from Alabama, Ashton Davis, Devon Hamilton. Who's the most valuable of that group and the best clear projection? Ashton Davis. So we have Joe Burrow, Josh Jones, Ashton Davis is option one. That's a trade up to number one overall, giving up 518, 39, and a 2021 first round pick. Then we have a trade from five to three in order to draft Tua, Jedrick Wills. Antoine Winfield Jr. and Cam Akers, or the stay put at five option and draft Justin Herbert, Josh Jones, Cesar Ruiz, DeAndre Swift, and Ashton Davis in the first round. So there's some overlap between the two. Uh, we got Josh Jones in two of these scenarios. 
is Cesar Ruiz, DeAndre Swift, and Justin Herbert a greater output than Joe Burrow is the question on one end of the fence. And it'll also come down to what your preference is on the quarterbacks. But look at this from more of a macro big picture like total team. Because I, I mentioned the, the Ryan Tannehill lesson, and I think it's important for us to not forget. There's a reason why Ryan went to Tennessee and all of a sudden looked like a pretty darn good quarterback. And it's because he finally played in an environment that gave him a physical offensive line, an attitude to want to run the football, and the capability of actually doing it to stay ahead of the sticks. Never had that in Miami. He had that for like a stretch in Miami in 2016 when it was Brandon Albert, Laramie Tunsil, Mike Pouncey, Juwan James, all in the offensive line together. And even then, they really couldn't keep that line healthy. It was Albert was hurt for a while. Uh, Tunsil sprained his ankle getting out of the shower, some, something stupid. But that team won 10 games, and Ryan looked okay for year one under Adam Gase. So food for thought. Think about it. I'm going to put the Twitter poll out. I'm also going to ask you guys uh, for your questions for Power to the Pod, which is tomorrow. Really excited to answer and dig into all of your questions as these dynamics leading up to the 2020 NFL Draft continue to shift. I hope you enjoyed today's show. My name is Kyle Krabs. I'm the host. If you've been enjoying the show, please leave me a little review. If you've got a question, you can leave it in the form of a five-star review, and I will answer it. need to water out that one guy that said it was boring. I wonder what show he listened to. I don't know. But let's let's make sure he is the vocal minority. If you've got questions, you don't have Twitter, leave a review on the podcast. Ask your question there. If I see it, if it's uploaded in time for when I record for tomorrow's show, I'll make sure I grab it. Kyle Krabs, thanks for listening to Locked On Dolphins. I'll talk with everybody again tomorrow. Fins up.